This podcast tells the stories behind the craft breweries across the country. I'm Erica. Matt. And sound guy Ryan. And you're listening to an episode of Brewers. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the third quarantine edition of Brew Roots. Is it the third one or the fourth one, Ryan? Uh, I think this is the fourth one. Uh, All all the days are blending into each other. I saw an awesome video on uh, Snapchat or Facebook or what have you uh, that said, the way I tell the week is by the beer that I'm drinking or the beer that I left out. So right now... Right now we're at notch for me. So, <laughs> um, how are you guys doing? Hanging uh, in there. Yeah, we're rocking and rolling. Yeah. Doing pretty well. Yeah. So, if that unfamiliar voice that you might have heard was Jacob Latoli from Four Star Farms, and as we promised, we are going to be doing a content episode with him today. Uh, Brian, do you want to fill our listeners in what that content episode is going to entail a little bit? Yeah, so we're going to try to understand and learn about how you grow hops um, and what goes involved in everything that you could think of, distri- uh, distribution, uh, how to prepare, etc., etc. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, how are you today? How are things at the farm? I'm doing well. Things are nice. Things are coming out of the ground, and we're starting to starting to move. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. so... I think um, before we get into that, I just want to give a huge shout out to Polyculture for the episode last week. A lot of people enjoyed that. They shared the hell out of it. So we got a ton of listens. Um, Thank you to all the new listeners who took a chance and listened to that episode and all our current listeners who keep on supporting us during this time. Uh, Hopefully, you know, that hour to hour and five minutes that you listen to our podcast kind of help you forget what's going on right now um, because... I know that sometimes it's nice to just listen to a podcast and forget about things or read a book or just enjoy a beer. So we're hoping that we can help you in that. Um, And this episode should be no different than that because it's going to be really informative and you don't have anything else to do at home. So why don't you try growing your own hops? That's what (laughs) I'm planning on doing. So, Yeah, Um, I mean, Erica's seen uh, uh, some extra sales for, for that right now, right? Yeah, oh yeah, no. Hobby. I mean, everyone um, is buying rhizomes. I believe we're still selling them at Beer and Wine Hobby Shop. So if you need them, definitely check us out. We are getting them in probably next week or two. Um, yeah, now is the time to grow them. So yeah. So I think we're just going to start the interview. Um, but before we do that, uh, we're going to just pause for our awesome sponsors. Um, I did want to just mention that Shirts on Tap is going to be doing a collaboration with the Mass Brewers Guild. Um, and all proceeds from those shirts are going to be going back to the Mass Brewers Guild. And as many of our listeners know, Mass Brewers Guild helps support our favorite breweries out there across Massachusetts. So it's a really awesome shirt. Um, I think it says crafted in Massachusetts. Don't quote me into that. I saw it earlier this morning. Um, and it's a really nice, simple shirt, and uh, it's affordable price right now. So if you can, if you have the means to purchase one, I know that I'm going to be getting one. Um, do so. Um, but before we get into the interview, here's a word from our sponsors. Hey, Sound Guy Ryan here. Didn't know if you heard, but we're a part of the Hopped Up Network. There you'll find other informative podcasts about beer. So go ahead, follow them on social media, and visit them on their website, hoppedupnetwork.com, to learn more about the people, beer, and breweries from around the country. And until next time, thanks for listening. Cheers. Cheers. 
This week's episode would not be possible without our amazing sponsor, Shirts on Tap. Each month, they team up with breweries from across the country and create a custom shirt and deliver it to your doorstep, along with stickers and coupons. Sign up today using the promo code BREWROOTS for $5 off your first box. Head on over to shirtsontap.com today. And remember, drink better beer, wear better shirts. You looking to get into a new hobby? Oh, yeah. Sure thing. Well, Erica, where can we do that? Go down to Beer and Wine Hobby. Ooh. And what can we get there? Everything you need to start your homebrew journey. And we'll help you along that journey by using our promo code BREWROOTS to get 10% off your next order. Visit beer-wine.com to start your homebrew journey today. And we are back with Jacob. Uh, Jacob, we start every podcast interview just asking your role at Four Star Farms and uh, your first memory of beer. So my first memory of beer was college. I started drinking probably later than a lot of people did. Um, I believe it was a stout. And I've started drinking stouts. Wow, and, not like um, a high life or something. Nope. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I started dark and I've getting lighter and lighter ever since. Nice. Um, honestly, I'm mostly a whiskey guy, but I do enjoy I do enjoy beer as well. So Absolutely. Very and your good. your role at the farm. I am a I do everything. Um, I'm family, I guess is what you'd say. <laughs> um our farm is not just hops. We used to grow a lot of grain. We used to grow an awful lot of turf, and now we grow hops. Um, I started out, I came up in turf. Um, I managed 200 or so acres of turf. Um, we're slowly fading that out. I haven't planted any crops on that. We started growing hops about 10 years ago, and that was mostly dad. As I do less and less turf, I'm doing more and more hops. So I'm kind of shifting over to running that running that part as dad gets older and wants to step back a little bit. Yeah. So family business, obviously. Uh, Very family. Um, we're not going to go too much into the history of Four Star Farms. If you guys okay. want to learn a little bit about that, we did an episode with um, Liz and Nate. So I encourage you guys all to listen to that episode to get as much information about Four Star Farms. But we're more curious as to like what got you into your role and what was the original plan for you? You didn't grow up saying like you, did you want to Well, we are in the family, yeah, so yeah, maybe yeah, that yeah, was yeah. the plan. <laughs> was that the plan? Maybe not set by you? Or? It was not the plan. My plan was to be an electrical engineer. Oh, that's cool. I graduated okay. from RIT in Rochester, New York with a degree in electrical engineering. And I graduated in 2001, I believe, in the middle of the tech crash, which made it very, very difficult to find work. So... I was working on the farm um, while I was looking for engineering work, and I just said, you know, I I really like this. I go, I want to keep doing it, and that's oh. how I ended up here. As an, en I'm an electrical engineer, so I do ah. understand. <laughs> uh, some days I wish that I could work on a farm instead of crunching numbers and all of that stuff. So. I realized I couldn't sit in front of a computer screen all day. It would drive me crazy. I, it's I, not I hate for everyone. It. It's not. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, growing turf, um, obviously a big business, it obviously mm -hmm. sustained you guys for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that time that you guys kind of migrated over to hops? What was the interest in even doing hops in this area, which is not particularly known for hops? Well, that's going to be a little bit of a backstory. Also, we, um, 
we like doing things that nobody else has done for better or worse. We, the turf market crashed right as I was getting in, getting back into it and telling my parents I wanted to join them. So we started throwing, Nate says, we threw spaghetti against the wall and see what stick. We started growing fish. We started growing barley. Um, from the barley, we went to wheat. We figured, hey, we're growing barley already. Dad really liked beer. We put in a quarter acre of hops. Uh, we got like six or nine different varieties just to see what would grow well. And it turned out that it they grew pretty well. Um, nobody was doing it. UVM was just starting their hops program when we started. So we were both learning together, but there was no institutional knowledge. And for better or worse, we're kind of attracted to that situation. So that's how we got into hops. Very cool. Yeah. Is growing hops something that's easy? Let's just, no. let's, let's just, <laughs> all right. Really? Uh, okay. <laughs> no with an if, yes with a but. <laughs> Keeping hops alive is super easy. They're super resilient plants. You put them in the ground, they'll grow. You hardly have to do anything to keep them alive. To keep them thriving and to get any sort of yield out of them and to get quality hops is very difficult. Okay. Okay. Yes, yeah. it, it's kind of like what I like to say is uh, having a podcast is easy. Having a good podcast <laughs> is incredibly difficult. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yes. we struggled exactly. with that. <laughs> <laughs> so take us through the entire process. You know, how do you grow hops? Okay. So just about now, they're starting to come up out of the ground. If we walk out into the field, you'll see little purple. They almost look like purple asparagus shoots coming up out of the ground. Um, if we get a super early spring, we'll start burning some of those back. Generally, we don't get an early enough spring to do that. In about a week, we're going to start stringing. So I don't know if your listeners have, are familiar with what a hop yard looks like. But it's basically a giant 18-foot-tall grid of cables that we tie strings from the cable down to the ground. Each hop plant gets two strings, and they go up in a V. We're going to start that in about a week. Sometime around the first week of May, we're going to start training those hop plants around those strings. We're going to start fertilizing. We're going to start monitoring for insects and disease and responding as we need to. We do that for the rest of the summer. And then sometime around the second to third week of August, everything ripens and we start harvesting. And then the brewers come. <laughs> so, so it's a, it's a uh, how many day crop, uh, ground to crop uh 120, 150? Uh, May, June, July, August to the middle of September, four and a half months or so. Okay. All right. And from what I've heard, it takes about three years to get a good yield out of them. Is that correct? Yes. Two okay. to three years. We're um, trying to experiment with ways to make that faster. What we're doing is we're planting all our baby hops, not in a hop yard, just in what we call a nursery, letting the rhizomes fill up with carbohydrates that first season, and then planting those into the hop yard. So even though the plant goes in season one, it's two years old, and we're expecting to get much better yields out of our okay. first year plants that way. Mm -hmm. How important cool. is the soil that you use, and can you grow 
hops hydroponically? I've never tried to grow them hydroponically. I think you could grow them hydroponically. I don't know how or what you would do. I don't like to say yes <laughs> unless I know. <laughs> and um, they grow from rhizomes, right? So you don't like buy a seed or whatever. No, you have to get a no. rhizome of them. Okay. Every one is a cultivar. So every cascade is genetically identical or it should be. So yeah. we, we do everything we can to not get seeds because we need them all the same. We actually have one um, variety where the rhizomes got mixed up in shipping. So we've got two right. varieties growing together and it's a real challenge to manage. I can imagine. <laughs> so if there's any slight difference, it's just a different hop. It is. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Interesting. Where did your original rhizomes come from? I mean, was that something that you ordered specialty or was that something that you said, oh, let's just order them, throw spaghetti at the wall, you know? Um, we ordered them from the Pacific Northwest. Dad bought them. I'm not sure the, the company specifically that he got them from, but we've got them from a number of companies. Interesting. Um, it's interesting. You mentioned Pacific Northwest. Your hops, mm -hmm. you could have a Cascade hop from... Mm -hmm. the east coast and a cascade hop from the west coast and they're mm -hmm. different why are they, they are. different i don't know why they're different but i have theories okay <laughs> one of my theories i think is we're growing right on the connecticut river and we're in a little bit of a valley and it's much much more humid here and we have very different disease pressures one of the things that we've noticed is when we get a high disease pressure year, our alpha acids go up. So I'm starting to think that there's something about the humidity, the shorter spring that kind of changes what that cascade plant wants to produce. I don't know exactly how it works, but there's definitely something different. Yeah. So maybe more about the weather than less about the soil? I think it is a lot about the weather. Um, the soil here is really, really special. Um, a lot of places in the Pacific Northwest, to my understanding, are sandier. They have, they're much more water limited than we are. Whereas yeah. our soil, um, we're not really water limited. We can put as much water on the plant as we want to, and the soil can hold as much water as the plant wants. So not so really worried too much about like plant rot or whatever. I don't have to worry. Our soil, it's a cool. it's a Hadley silt loam and it drains really well, but it also holds water really well. Nice. Um, what hops grow best in this area then? Or do all hops? I mean, can you experiment? Um, the ones that grow really well for us are Cascade, Magnum, um, Rakow or Alfa Roma. They're the same hop. Um, Nugget does reasonably well for us. One of the things we're finding, our yard lasts a little bit less time than we expected. The viruses start to move through it really quickly. Um, so the things that are really super well yielding in the beginning have a tendency to fade off faster than we thought. And what is that time span like? like we six were years expecting or? 15 years and it's okay. looking like maybe six to 10 is going to be the the lifespan of a yard for us. Do you think that would be variety. similar to someone growing them like at home? You, would you have to like, rotate plots or something? I think depending on the size, 
I don't think that would be as much of an effect because the virus yeah. is especially moved from physical contact with the plant. And at home, you don't have as much, you're not trying to cram as much into a, a footprint. So you can mm -hmm. plant one plant here and then six feet away, plant another plant okay. and they won't come into contact. Um, assuming you are a first time gardener or an experienced <laughs> gardener, what is a hop most akin to growing wise and, you know? I don't do a lot of gardening. <laughs> Similar to weeds, very similar to weeds. They are cannabaceae. They are um, very similar to, to weed. I don't have any experience growing weeds, so I can't tell you how similar they are. I do know that they like to grow. Um, they grow fast. They take a fair amount of nitrogen and July, June and July, you can almost watch them climb up the string. They Very grow cool. fast. <laughs> That's awesome. What specifically do you think is like most important when growing the hops? For Things us, it's water. disease. It's disease management and scouting. Mm -hmm. For yeah. a home grower, it would probably be getting enough fertilizer onto them. Um, so fertilizer, what would that be? Just fertilized soil, or yep. Um, what I always tell, I don't like to give specific fertilizer recommendations because depending on what your soil, it's going to be different. Have your soil tested, tell the lab you want to grow hops, and they'll tell you what you want to add to it. Okay. Um, you want a pretty neutral pH. Uh, I want to say it's about 180 pounds of nitrogen per acre per year. But that's in farming conditions, not homeowners. We right. try and grow a lot more than the average homeowner. <laughs> yeah, <Right. laughs> yeah. So that's good to know. So you mentioned getting your soil tested. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that I've personally done in the past for gardening, you know, tomatoes and your vegetable mm -hmm. garden. Um, but what are some local testing sites that maybe you've used or any ones that you would suggest to consumers? I generally use UMass. Okay. Um, UMass Extension. If you go to UMass, if you Google UMass Extension soil testing, it'll show up. And if they don't know exactly what to do for hops, get the soybean recommendations. They're pretty similar. Very cool. That's funny. Soybeans. Good, good <laughs> Fun facts. Look at that. Uh, talk about you know your first exposure to hops and just kind of learning what a hop is, how a hop handles, and it's different than turf, obviously. My first exposure was when we planted them. I had never seen a hop plant before we put them into the yard. And I was actually in Rhode Island working for my aunt when my, uh, dad put them in up here. So I didn't even get a chance to see the first season. I came back to work here and they were, they were in the ground. So, yeah. How do here. you? How did you guys learn about making hops? Is there anything that you would recommend? Trial and error. Okay. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> Easy enough. We, we learned by making mistakes, and it was a yeah. uh, it was difficult. Dad took several trips to the Pacific Northwest to um, talk to hop farmers out there. He went down to New Zealand. He went out to Germany. Um, he did as much research as he could by visiting hop farms. Um, one of the challenges we had is if you want to grow corn in the Pioneer Valley, there's a million old farmers who will talk your ear off about how to grow corn, and they'll tell you exactly what to do. That's not – we don't have that here for hops. We kind of are them. 
now for hops. So, <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You mentioned earlier, though, uh, UVM, University of Vermont. Uh, yep. Were you able to collaborate with them or was that something that it was like, oh, we're doing our research, we're doing your research, you know? They've actually been, we've worked quite closely with them since they started. Um, it's been a really fruitful um, collaboration. We've done trials for them. They took our data on what hops were growing well for us and integrated that into their um, trials up there. Um, we've used their data. It's been a really mutually beneficial relationship. That's good to hear. That's good to hear. Uh, when you mentioned like UVM, Pacific Northwest, New Zealand, um, obviously you, you're not growing the same hops that New Zealand is growing or the Pacific Northwest. Is that just because they're not as fruitful in this area or is it just because you can't get certain hops from New Zealand or you, because of restrictions? There are certain hops that we can't get because they're proprietary. So all of our hops are open source hops. We do grow the same cultivars as they grow in the Pacific Northwest. I mean, you can find thousands of acres of Cascade out there. It's not the same Cascade that you'd buy from us because ours is a little different. Um, we grow Rakow, which is a New Zealand hop. It's an interesting hop to grow here. Um, it's probably one of our most challenging hops, but it does grow, it does grow well for us. Hmm. Do you have any plans on doing hybrid, um, or proprietary hops? We would like to do some of the proprietary hops. What we're also interested in is gathering wild hops from the area. Um, cool. we've got six or eight hop plants right now in our yard that we're kind of evaluating. We're hoping to get enough cones off of them this year that we can, you know, give them to different brewers or give them to a brewer and say, hey, you know, tell us what you think. Is this worth keeping? Is this worth planting more of? Yeah. Do you have any idea of what kind of hop it is or it's just? It's humulus yep. lupulin. <laughs> lupulus. Cool. <laughs> they are. So I don't know. Um, New York State, I just lit, watched a talk New York State is doing a program where they're DNA typing oh, a whole cool. bunch of different wild hops. Yeah. And what they expected was them all to be cluster because I guess cluster is what was grown here pre-prohibition. Okay. And what they're finding is they are not all cluster, that there has been enough male and female mixing and dispersing that they are new, unusual hops. Interesting. Cool. But so most cool. – most hops <laughs> smell terrible. <laughs> so we have Great a few out there that we're getting rid of because <laughs> they smell awful. That's funny. Are they too dank? Is it kind of like, like skunky? Liz or... likes to say they smell like Jake on a hot summer day. Oh, yum. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good to So know. there's a significant BO aroma to them. Oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Don't really want that in beer, I suppose. No, not at all. <laughs> Um, obviously a lot of local brewers have used your hops and mm -hmm. it's always a treat when we get a, uh, a beer with your hops in it. What has been the favorite one that you've gotten to have so far? I have a terrible memory for names. Liz <laughs> brings cases or flats of beer back and I enjoy them. I do <laughs> as a, as a category really like the, um, the wet hop beers, um, yeah. because I pick them and because I do all the drying 
it's closest to that to that experience that I and I really enjoy. So now, what is your process like? Do you you pelletize as well there, right? We do and, pelletize. Okay. Yep. Um, Ninety-five percent of our hops probably go out as pellets. Okay. Um, so we do everything from growing to drying to pelletizing to packaging for final sale um, in house. And then, what's the process like for like the whole cones? Are you doing a fresh hop beer? So if we're doing a wet hop beer, Liz starts talking to all the brewers who are interested about two or three weeks before we expect them to be ready. And we're out there two or three times a week checking the development of the cones, and Liz is updating the brewers. I don't know a whole lot about brewing beer, so if I make mistakes, <laughs> you know, uh, bear yeah, with me. Yeah. But from my understanding is there's a very short window that the brewer can add them to the beer. And there's a very short window that they're fresh and good. So right. they have to start it a day or so before they come to pick it up from us and then they stick it in. So it's a real – she does a lot, a lot of scheduling. Yeah. Um, and when it goes, everybody shows up. <laughs> so I'd go. actually like to ask something uh, based on the whole wet hop thing. So mm -hmm. we actually interviewed um, Bright Ideas a while okay. back. And I asked the question of like, what was his opinion wet hops? And he said, um, I don't like them because you don't get to uh, really make any money off of it uh, because the amount of hops you have to use mm -hmm. in order to get that flavor uh, is just astronomical. So is there a way to make the hops have more aroma in flavor um, so when people make these wet hopped beers, they can use less of the hops. So I'm not sure. I believe we sell, oh, I don't, Liz does all the pricing. I only grow them, but I know that when we, um, <laughs> when we priced it, the dry matter price is pretty similar. So even though you might have to put four times the, um, the, the weight of hop in, you're putting the same dry matter in. Because okay. we pick the hops at, you know, 70-something percent moisture. We dry them down to 11 percent moisture. So it's the same if it's, it's the same physical amount of hop or number of cones, even though when they're dry, they're a quarter of the weight. But you also pay like a third the price or something for the hops. Um, I don't know about brewing. Sorry. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, it's all good. Yeah, it was just a, you know, a, a question that I've always wondered. Hmm. Now, rumor has it, and I don't know how much of a rumor it actually is, Four Star Farms is dipping their toes into brewing. We are dipping our toes. We are building a brewery. Yeah. Now, is that um, something that you will be learning how to brew, or is that something that you have little <laughs> to no interest in? I would like to know how to brew. I have little to no interest in actually being a brewer. <laughs> Easy so enough, we, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we are building a building that a brewery will sit in. Four Star Farms itself is not going to open a brewery. Um, okay. We are – I'd prefer to let Liz talk about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like Understandable. How that comes yeah. out. So yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. Let, we'll let Liz deal with that. We'll, we'll yeah. hit her up sometime. We will, yeah. Um, what? Um, how much waste goes into like hops? I mean – when you grow a hop plant, does a lot of it actually usable or is there a lot that's just unusable and goes into compost? We'll probably compost. Oh, 
it's somewhere between half and three quarters of the wet weight of the plant gets composted. Yeah. Wow. So that's wow. the vine and yep, all that's that. the vine and the leaves yeah. and all of that. Yeah. Now, now, when you cut back at the end of the the yield or end of the season, mm-hmm. um, is do you have to do anything else to have the plant go dormant for the winter season, or is it just more or less? No, once it, the, cut we cut it and the frosts, and it'll go it'll go dormant on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, it is one of the things that we're trying to figure out is there's a lot of green material that's left, a lot of leaf material after we harvest the hops. And I don't know how much, how long I should leave that on the plant. The, this is getting a little into the weeds, but the more carbohydrates the plant stores before it goes dormant, the faster it grows when it comes out of the ground. You'd think that's a good thing, but the faster it grows, the longer the internodes get. So at the at each internode, you get a sidearm. So if I can slow the growth down, I can get more sidearms per plant and get a better yield. I don't know exactly how to do that yet, but that's one of the things I'm trying to figure out. Do I leave a lot of leaf green leaves? at the end of the season or do I cut them all back? Yeah. What are other things that you guys are trying to, or what are you playing around with, I guess, trying to figure out still? What don't you know, I guess? <laughs> we, you never know quite what you don't know. Right, right. Uh, That's every, a good way to put it, yeah. Every set of problems we figure out how to solve kind of reveals another set of problems that never got to express because the first set was a challenge. Our main issues, so we've got one, we've got a disease that nobody has ever seen before in hops that's really, really challenging for our later season. It's a phomopsis, and it's a canker, and it grows on the sidearm. So the first node of the sidearm will develop this canker, and just as the hops are starting to dry down and become ready to harvest, the whole sidearm dies. Oh, no fun no established protocol for dealing with that. Um, Extension in Michigan is starting to see it on a significant level and they're investigating it. But that is a, that's a trial and error thing we're trying to figure out. The other real challenge that we have that we don't quite know how to deal with yet are corn borers. So European corn borers will bore into both the the bine itself as well as the sidearms. And again, just as everything's starting to ripen, it disappears. It just kind of dies on the plant. And that it's that's been a challenge for us in the last two years. So is there anything that you can do for that kind of stuff? I mean, do you send that information to a research lab and get it kind of looked at or so we've done a lot of research on the phomopsis, and what we're trying now is just a kind of a hydrogen peroxide is a fairly good broad spectrum fungicide and bactericide. Huh. But um, you got to have your timing exactly right because there's no residual activity, there's no systemic activity. So we're trying to learn for us as much as we can about the life cycle of that phomopsis fungus, so that we know when it sporulates. Um, sporulation is when the when the fungus sends out its spores. And so yep. many days after that is when you want to hit it with the fungicide and kill all of the, um, the new fungus that came out. So that's what we're focusing on for the phomopsis. 
um, for the uh, corn borers we're trying out this year. I can't remember the name. It begins with a T, but there's these little tiny wasps that parasitize the corn borer eggs. So corn borer is a moth. Mm. They lay 12 to 24, I think, eggs on the underside of the leaf. And these little wasps will lay their eggs inside the wasp <laughs> egg – or sorry, the moth egg. Yeah. And they're supposed to do a really, really good job of biologically controlling – Yeah. <laughs> Biologically <laughs> controlling the um, the corn borers, which so then what, doesn't affect the hop, right? Doesn't hop affect it at UK. all. So crazy the whole yeah. life cycle. <laughs> I, wasps are really interesting parasites. I've been reading a little bit about it, trying to figure Very these cool. out. They're they're pretty cool. All right, oh fun my stuff. Gosh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, would you say that? You know, um, this season, obviously, we've seen a little bit warmer of a spring thus far. Mm -hmm. um, do hop farmers get nervous about a late frost? No, I don't think I would be nervous about a late frost because if I get a warm spring, I want to burn back those um, new shoots anyway. Okay. I would actually prefer a really early spring so I can get the that first flush of growth and then I can burn that back because that first flush of growth is the most diseased. It comes from mm. the um, oh the node. I can't remember what they're called, but the little buds closest to the surface of the soil, and those are most susceptible to the downy mildew. The second flush come from a little bit deeper, and they're not as heavily diseased. That's good to cool. know. <laughs> I've learned a lot today. This is awesome. Yeah. So, do home hop growers have to worry about doing a first burn or is that something that I would try it either way. Um, my general experience is that it's better. I get a better result controlling the disease throughout the season than I do burning them back because if they don't get up fast enough, I won't get the yields that I want to. If I, if I start them climbing up the string too late, I won't get the yields. So it's a real push-pull between do I want that nice, healthy second flush or do I want the hops coming up a little bit earlier to get all the way up to the, um, to the string? Yeah. So here's a thought. Say it's been mm -hmm. like the 10, 15 years, whatever, life cycle of your hop plant. You want to get mm -hmm. rid of it because it's not doing so well anymore. How do you get rid of it? Can you get rid of it? Or is it just there forever at this point? <laughs> it's, they're a challenging plant to kill. Okay. Um, Banvel, um, Dicamba is the chemical name. Dicamba does a reasonably good job killing the hops. We just took out about three acres of our yard to wow. put in a new, yeah. to put in new varieties. And we sprayed them out for all last summer. So we sprayed them and sprayed them and sprayed them. <laughs> and then after we finished har harvesting, we fumigated the soil and that looks to have worked. I've been walking out there for the last couple of weeks and it doesn't seem like anything is coming up. Okay. So if you try it's digging them out, you think that'll work? Probably not. Hops can regrow <laughs> from any of their little root bits. Yeah. So you can dig out the main crown, but yeah. all of the, the roots, the, the, the heavier roots that have grown out will also sprout up. And is it a single root or does it have a ton of roots? 
So it's one big rhizome, but that okay. rhizome is not like a single thing. That rhizome can kind of branch out. Right. And okay. then the rhizome puts out roots, if that makes sense. Okay. No, it does. Yeah. I would have thought digging out would be impossible just with the fruit structure. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. I I wouldn't recommend that as the primary way to to go about getting rid of them. You're going to have to spray them out. Yeah. Um you mentioned fertilizer being very important. How important is sunlight and watering the plants? Uh do you have to water them every day or is it just something you can let kind of water as needed? So each during its peak growth, each plant will use up to a gallon of water per day. Crazy. Wow. So it's a lot. When you have 200 plants to a to a, a row, um, 1,200 plants to the acre, it's a lot of water. Um, there have been studies that have looked at water usage to yield, and they have not found an upper limit to the amount oh, of water that you can put on hops. Just keep and get an increase. <laughs> They are thirsty, thirsty. I mean, it's an 18-foot-tall plant with leaves on it that's that big. Yeah. Um, sunlight is also very important. We definitely notice a really cloudy summer will get less of a yield. Um, the oils and the flavors that we get out of them are a little different, and I can't tell you how. All I know is that they're different, <laughs> but um, sun is really super important as well. It's interesting. So hops yeah. vary year to year. I mean, they you do can't get the it, same a thing. lot. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's pretty now, cool. Obviously, the average consumer can't have a however long triangle that you were saying. What was it? Forty-eight. Eighteen feet tall. Eighteen feet. Eighteen feet tall trellis. Yep. Um, what about using like wooden lattice or what's what's a good thing for a home home grower to use? You can train them. Up. They'll they'll climb up just about anything. They want. They won't climb up a wall. They need to wrap. Like grapevines have little tendrils that will cling to a wall or something. Hot plants don't have that. They technically a bind, so it physically wraps around a string or a lattice. You can grow them up deer fencing. Um, probably you could grow them up cattle fencing. The challenge, it wouldn't be as much for a home user, but the challenge from a um, farming perspective is that the three quarters of the yield comes from the top half of the plant. Oh. <laughs> so wow. the taller the plant, the more yield you're going to get. All right. Interesting. Interesting. So, so are special. <laughs> Go ahead. No, so, yeah, so like, could you grow them sideways or is it really just like a straight up? That's how they grow best. I don't know if you could grow them sideways. Okay. I know they have proprietary hops that are specifically bred and selected they're low trellis hops, so they grow yeah. more similar to a grape. They're only about um, 10 feet tall, and everything goes over and around them. Um, I'm not sure as a homeowner if you could get those. Yeah. Yeah. So so the key thing is the taller your plant, the more visible sunlight, yep. water, air fertilizer, <laughs> airflow. Good airflow um, is important. Um the crown can be fairly susceptible to rot, so you want to make sure the base is fairly clear. Um, also, a lot of your insects like a, a, a vegetated base. They feel comfortable moving into it that way. Um, so keep the base relatively clear, fair amount of fertilizer, lots of water. Um, if you really want to get technical, what you can do is you know how tall you're going. 
you say, okay, how much did it grow? You know, these three or four days. Um, you want it to hit the wire by 4th of July. It starts on this day. You want it to grow so many inches each day. You see how many inches it grew today or last day. If it didn't grow enough, you put a little more fertilizer on. If it grew too fast, you back off your fertilizer. So you can kind of adjust how fast it's growing by how much fertilizer you're putting on every week. Wow. That's, That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 <laughs> So there's a lot of science behind growing hops. It's not just planting them in the ground and hoping for the best. You have to right. do your research. <laughs> you do. And lots of people come and they want to talk about growing hops and they yeah. want to put in a little a little yard. It's And believe it or not, the growing is not the hardest part. Picking hops by hand takes an enormous amount of time. We figure one person hour per dry pound of hops. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> We've Your talked to Liz about this. Yeah. Your friends won't show up to pick for more than a couple of years. So yeah. you guys used to do that, right? Now you we have did. the automated system. We did. We um we started out that way, and we could never we couldn't get enough people to pick our entire um, three quarter acre yard. Yeah. So when we started looking at what we were growing, we looked at the cost of the hop pickers, and we looked at. Um, the cost of the dryer that we would need. And Nate is a financial guy. My brother um, is Liz's husband. And he ran the numbers and he said, you can have anywhere between 10, sorry, you can't have more than 10 plants and less than 10 acres and make money on it. Oh my so gosh. you can have a very small amount <laughs> or you need a lot. I mean, that's yeah. not as important for home, home, um, growers. And there's a lot yeah. more smaller scale equipment available now than there was. But that's what we figured yeah. had to be more than 10 acres. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty good with questions. I feel like I'm excited to grow my hops this season, knowing a little bit more. Good. Actually, um, my last, I have more questions. I know we're just talking yeah, about yeah, like yeah. harvesting. When is the best time to harvest? How do you know it's time? There's a couple different ways we do it. The best way for me is you take that hop cone and you pull it in half. And you'll notice as the hop develops, it'll go from a bright yellow, like almost with a tint of green, a super bright yellow, to a more brownish yellow or gold color. That's telling you it's very close to ready. The other thing we do is we rub them and smell them. That's a less scientific way because we are so humid the amount of aroma we get is highly dependent on how foggy a morning it was. So on a really foggy morning, wow. the plant takes in a little more moisture and we get more grassy aromas out of it. If we had a dry morning, we get more of what the actual hop is smelling like. If you want to get super specific, you get a, a fairly high power microscope. You cut that hop in half and you pull little and you look at the lupulin glands under the microscope. You'll see them. I don't know if your viewers are familiar with what a lupulin gland looks like, but it looks like a little acorn and it's got a little point on the top of it and it fills and it fills and it fills and it fills and then it kind of bursts and collapses. So you're looking at it and you'll see all the whole variety of ripeness. And when you see most of them full, that's when you harvest. 
All right. I'm sorry. A delivery person just came by. No, it's okay. So I don't know if that made sense or if you want any clarity on that, but that's no, that the, the yeah. smell and those lupulin glands are how we determine how we harvest. So basically when it gets to be a little bit of a darker yellow is what you were saying. Yes. It's a, it's a difficult thing to describe, but yeah. it's really easy when you notice it, it'll go yeah. from a bright yellow to a brownish yellow. So yeah. not darker, but more a little tint of brown to it. Okay. Cool. And they also start to get more aromatic as you walk by because some of those glands are bursting. And yeah. so you can actually, as we drive down the road by the hop yards, you can smell them. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Nice. So I have one question. Yep. It's my favorite question to ask is what do you want to learn more about? I want to learn how to boost yields. That's the that's the um, that's the struggle we're having. We're shooting. F the guys out west are getting you know two thousand pounds to the acre, three thousand pounds to the acre, and we're we think we're doing pretty well if we can get a thousand pounds to the acre. Wow! Um, and I know the plant can produce more than what we're able to pull out of it, and. We're going to have to develop new agronomic patterns because our season is so different from the guys out in the Pacific Northwest. Shorter, right? It's it's shorter. We have a much yeah. shorter spring. So they're thawed now and their hops are out of the ground and they've probably burned the first flush back. Okay. And yeah. We don't get a chance to do that. My my little hops are about that tall right now, and it's the first flush coming <laughs> oh, out of the ground. Oh, they're so cute. They are. <laughs> and they taste good, actually, right now. You can pick them and um, pickle them or eat them. They're pretty oh, tasty. That's interesting. I've never <laughs> yeah. had a pickled hop before. <laughs> yeah. It's odd, but like each hop variety has its own aroma. Right. The hop itself kind of... It doesn't taste like that, but it kind of evokes that flavor. Interesting. Huh. Lots of fun thing yeah. to try. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to try that. Anything you um, you can cook them just like asparagus. Treat them just like asparagus. So that's just the initial them. growth, right? Just that first growth. Yep. Oh, you know, cool. once they're about okay. this tall, they're too yeah. tall, but you want to get them, you know, when they're six or eight inches. Yeah. Cool. Very cool. Nice. Cool. Well, Jacob, thank you for doing this tonight. Before we sign off, um, I do want to ask just a couple qu silly questions with you. Uh, no problem. What's in your beer fridge at home? What are you drinking right now? I'm drinking mostly whiskey right now. Okay. <laughs> good. That's it's a good, good quarantine good, drink, I think. Good time for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, you mentioned one of the first things right off the bat that you said was you keep on going lighter and lighter with your beer choice. Mm -hmm. um, does that mean you're going more towards the the loggers and pilsners right now or straight to what? seltzers straight to seltzers. No, not the seltzers. <laughs> loggers and pilsners as i get older my um the bitterness in hops tends to blow my palate out super quickly hmm. so i find myself appreciating less and less bitter beers as i get older um i love the aroma of a good ipa but i get one good sip out of it and then all i can taste <laughs> is bitter so <laughs> Yep. <laughs> I would uh, kind of ruin it. <laughs> do you have uh, any favorite breweries right now or um I'm really bad with names. I there's a couple local breweries. I love going to Brick and Feather. I love Honest Weight. I love the beer at the People's Pint. Um I like 
I don't really have to go very far because I get yeah. really good beers yeah. <laughs> right close no, by. Cool. So that's cool. Cool. Well, we're excited for what's next with Four Star Farms because so are we. We love what you guys are doing. You're huge fans of Nate and Liz and yourself and everything that you guys are doing. Um, and I think you guys are great for the Massachusetts beer industry because I don't think I've heard yet people that dislike you guys. No, I think it's, everyone loves you guys. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I think it's very universal yeah. that everyone is very, res- you know, they respect you guys a lot in what you're doing. Well, thank included. you. We try yeah, really yeah. hard. Yeah. Thank you. And you have a great product. Um, that product also is available to consumers, correct? It is. If you go to um, our website, you can order four-ounce packages of um, hot pellets. Yeah, which is cool. It's fourstarfarms.com, I believe. We'll leave the link below so that yeah, way people oh yeah. can get it. We'll definitely um, share that. And do we want to close with our favorite question? Yeah, sure. So I always like to ask, what are you most proud of? My kids. <laughs> awesome. Love it. Good answer. No, I like... No, no, no. no. Stop. Stop. <laughs> no, I'm not. My kids, fuck them. <laughs> it's really... I'm proud of doing things that other people haven't done here. It's not easy. It's not... Um, some of the guys out Pacific Northwest might not think it's exactly successful, but I think we're doing a pretty good job, and it's it's nice to be the first if that makes sense that's For awesome sure. well Very congratulations cool. on all your success we hope that these quarantine times settle out so we can come visit your yes. beautiful beautiful farm it's yeah literally picturesque uh we have awesome pictures on our instagram we'll post some more because we took some awesome ones in the summer when we were visiting with Nate sure. and Liz. um but jake Good. we can't wait to touch base and, and see you hopefully during the summer i can't wait to see you in person yeah awesome cool. thank you Thank you. Well, thank you. All right. Cheers. Cheers.